Hey everybody, welcome back to Investing with Wesley. You know, a lot of people have asked me, is it proper to take a loan out and then use that loan money to invest? And at face value, a lot of people would say no. In fact, even giant names like Dave Ramsey will tell you no. But the truth is the answer is more often yes than it is no. And I'll explain right now. Let's get into it. Okay, so let's talk about investing loans or invest a loan. Now, this is the practice of taking a loan out from the bank or mortgaging one of your properties or getting a margin loan on an investment account you already have. One way or another, this is a way you can take a loan out against some sort of asset and then use the proceeds from that loan to invest further. Now, a lot of people like Dave Ramsey will tell you debt is the devil and you should never get into debt. There's no point of taking on debt just so you can invest it and basically gamble your money. Now, this is a very good point from a very, very conservative investor, but really he's guilty of doing the exact same thing he preaches people not to do. Most of his money was made in real estate like anyone who researches him will tell you. And whenever you invest in real estate, you're basically taking a loan out on some sort of asset in the hopes that this asset will turn a profit either in the form of capital gain when you sell it for a profit or turning it into a rental. But either way, you're taking a loan out on an investment property. So really what gives and what's the difference? Why would he tell you not to, but him and a bunch of other wealthy people do? Well, the truth is his market base, the people he makes his videos for are very new to the game of money and are already usually extremely over leveraged in debt. So the reason he tells his viewers not to do so is because they already don't really know how to manage their money all that well. Now, once they do know how to manage their money well, then it becomes more appropriate for them to invest with debt. Now, the second thing you have to think about when you decide to invest with debt or invest with someone else's money is net cost calculate. Not only do you have to turn a profit, but you also have to turn more profit than you spend in interest. And this is where it becomes extremely hard for you to go to a bank, get a loan, and then invest that money. On average, if you just invested that money directly into the S&P 500, it would grow on average of about 10% but only if you have extremely good credit will you get a personal loan from a bank for less than 10% in interest. So not only do you have to pay that loan back using your own money, thus lowering the amount of available cash flow you have, but you're also having to pay probably a seven to 9% interest on that money. And if your investments are only getting a 10% interest, then is all of that effort really worth that extra 1% you'll receive in gain? Probably not. Especially when you factor in the rate of inflation, you would actually take a loss of about 2%. Because on average, the S&P 500, after accounting for inflation, only grows about 7% per year. So if it's only growing on average 7% per year, but you have to pay back interest rate of 7 to 9%, you're actually losing money in the long run. This is why it's very important to think all the way through and do all your calculations before deciding to use other people's money or the bank's money to invest. Now the spread between profiting and the net cost can be widened one of two ways. The first way is to increase your returns in your investment. Now this won't be through broad market investing like the S&P 500. Instead, this will be through a small select group of stocks or bonds or whatever it is you're investing in that you know really well. In order to do this, you have to be basically the next Warren Buffett. You don't have to be a genius like he is. You just have to spend a lot of your time 
researching the K-1 reports and the underlying financials of a bunch of different companies and really weeding out the best possible investments so that you can have the best possible chances of more than double digit returns. The other way to potentially widen that spread between net cost and your profit is by lowering the amount of interest you have to pay on that debt. This is why a lot of people either take margin loans from their investments, refi, do a cash out refi from their properties, or unfortunately, it's sad to say, will also use credit cards and their 0% interest introductory bonuses to invest their money. Now, personally, just between me and you, I would never recommend someone use a credit card, even if it's 0% interest, to invest that money. Because you can't guarantee those investments will turn a profit after one year. And beyond that one year, you start having to pay interest on that money. And as we all know, credit card interest is like 24%. It's some insane number. So why force yourself on a loss while betting on very short-term gains? Never ever do it. Now the second thing I would tell you never to do when it comes to investing other people's money is take out student loans and then use that money from a student loan to invest. Now it may sound crazy to you to think about, but actually seven or eight years ago when Bitcoin was on its very first really big bull run to 20,000, a lot of students were doing this. They were taking student loans and then using that money to invest directly into Bitcoin. Now if they were smart enough to hold it and to continue to hold it into the future, they probably would have turned a very significant profit. But if you don't have the courage to hold during the bear markets and hold during the downtimes, then you're opening yourself up to an extreme loss that will never go away until you pay it back. Student loans are one of the only loans out there that won't even go away if you file bankruptcy. No matter what, unless you pass away, you're going to pay those student loans back. So it is never wise to use student loans to invest that money. Plus, I'm pretty sure it's also illegal to use student loans for any other funding that's not for school. So let's go back to talking about either the mortgage way of investing or the margin loan way of investing. Both of those are extremely viable and legal ways to invest other people's money into the markets. And when it comes to real estate investors, this is by far one of the most common ways people invest their money. They'll use a little bit of money, buy a fixer up property, put some money into it to fix it up, and then do a cash out refi of the equity that they can. Use that giant chunk of change to refill their bank account from the initial investment, and then anything extra they'll throw into the stock market. Then they'll get a tenant in there to rent it out and pay that mortgage back. Meanwhile, their initial investment into the market will grow over the course of the years at a much higher rate than the amount of interest they'll have to pay back. Now, obviously it would help that there's a renter in there paying that mortgage back, but let's assume for a second that there's not. You would be completely liable to pay that mortgage back plus its interest. But is the interest that you pay worth the amount of growth you'll receive 30 years from now when you sell those stocks? Well, the short answer is yes, but let me give you a more detailed answer. Let's assume that you pulled $30,000 worth of equity from your house and put all $30,000 into the S&P 500, the broad overall way to invest in the American stock market. Now we already discussed that it grows on an average of 10% per year. Meanwhile, the interest you owe on this mortgage is at a 2.5% interest rate. Now just talking about this $30,000, over the course of this mortgage, this 30 year mortgage, you'd pay back about double what you took out. So yes, you paid back the $30,000 you took out plus an additional $30,000 in interest. 
But because you invested that initial $30,000, let's talk about what that's grown into in the same 30 year time period. In the same 30 year time period, because it's getting 10% instead of the two and a half percent, your initial $30,000 that you invested would have grown all the way into almost $600,000. So yes, although you'd have to pay an additional $30,000 towards interest for a total of $60,000, to have your initial $30,000 be almost worth $600,000, it's extremely wise of you to invest that loan into the market. And obviously that profit spread only gets larger when you have a tenant in there paying down that mortgage plus its interest this is why Dave Ramsey and other wealthy real estate investors invest with other people's money. They know the money game, they know exactly what they're doing, and they know how to calculate the net cost of their investments. Like I said, at the end of the day, the short answer is yes, everyone should invest with other people's money and keep on to the money they have for themselves to increase cash flow. But the devil's in the details and you should only do this if you can get an extremely low interest rate on the loan or can guarantee somehow a very large return in profit. If you can't guarantee a greater return and you also can't guarantee to get less than a 3% interest in this loan, then it's not worth investing someone else's money. I hope you got value from this video. If you did, please remember to like and subscribe because it really helps the YouTube algorithm push this channel out there. I have a dedicated Facebook and Instagram account. I don't post there too often, but if you ever had a question, comment, or just wanted something addressed, that'd be a great place to reach me because the YouTube comment feed can get a little confusing and chaotic at sometimes. Either way though, the choice is yours and I'll see you in the next episode.